0: Good morning and God bless you. This is just Troya, warrior of the word. I am so excited about all that God is doing. If you're tuning in this morning, good morning. Welcome. I'm excited to have you go again on this journey with us. It's not one that is an easy journey, it's an easier road, but one that if we allow God to minister to us and heal us, we will get through it together. So, welcome again. My name is Troya. Just Troya, And I'm taking this opportunity to my first podcast after the initial one to explain and tell people who I am. My name is uh, Troya Butcher and I am the daughter of a pastor, uh, Pastor Lewis Alexander Butchers Jr. and the lovely Katie M. Butcher, Katie M. Rogers Butcher. And I grew up in the Lancaster area and God allowed me to see various, various things in my lifetime. One of which, when I went to college to Millersville University, I did not graduate. However, I did go from Millersville to the military and I spent about eight years in the army and I saw a lot, experienced a lot of different cultures and met a lot of different people, people that I'm still close with right now. And as I traveled on and as God moved me on in my life, in my professional career, in my, I, I am in the IT field and God moved me around to a few states to where he had my incubator in Georgia, where he cultivated my ministry and pushed me beyond my own desire. Anyone will tell you that being a minister was not something that I chose or wanted to do, especially since I am the daughter and the product of many preachers on both sides of my family, my grandparents, uh, my grandfather, my father, of course, and my grandmother's so I come from a long line of ministers and I, I jokingly say that my father, my parents had a son because um, most of the men on the butcher side are are ministers. So I didn't understand how God skipped my, over my brother and put me into the ministry, the word ministry. But as a good pastor friend of mine once said, he's like, that's how I knew that you were not calling yourself because the fight that you're giving to yourself and one has to understand that being in ministry, and it's not easy, and it can be a lonely experience because you're having to be transparent with your life and your walk with Christ to help someone else and to bring someone else to Christ. And I think that was my hesitation because I I wanted to be authentic and genuine and transparent and to reach the people that God would have me to reach. And that is a heavy, to how much is given, much is required, what the word tells us. And that is a heavy burden. I tell everyone, if a known before I asked for the gift of teaching, when I was 13, no one pointed me to the book of James, where it helps us to understand that teachers will be held to a little bit higher standard. And that is, and that will go for being a minister as well. We have certain souls that are assigned to us. And my fear was, and my greatest fear was that I would never lead anybody in the wrong direction. But as I accepted my calling, I was okay. It took me a minute, but I'm okay. And I believe that everything that I experienced in my life brought me to the position that I am in right now. Not one by my own design, but one by Christ's desire to strengthen me and push me and mold me to the person and uh, minister that he would need me to be in this particular season because he knew that whatever I experienced, I knew that some, I was not doing, I was not experiencing it for myself. However, I was experiencing it for someone else to grow with. Me or to help someone else move beyond their present state. So, everything that I I went through, I know that it's because I had to minister to someone else. And I think it was Noel Jones had a, a song many years ago that said, It's not about us, it's about Jesus. And at the end of the day, my experiences. I always looked towards Christ for my strength and my replenishment. And he knew that I would do the same thing. And as he brought people to my forefront and people into my inner circle to minister to, he knew that as I ministered to them, I was always going to point them to the cross and to to him for where our help cometh from. So I understood that. However, I did not know that he would take me on this journey of that he has taken me on with the last in the last year it's been a difficult year emotionally for me again i'm an ordained minister i was ordained under the bishop gary hawkins in at the voices of faith ministries in stone mountain georgia and under the pastorship of pastor carlos marshall back on july 27th in 2014 so i've been in ministry for a little while but i've been Course of course, a preacher's child. Pretty much, most of my life, I thought I experienced enough <laughs> to minister to people. And of course, I I understood what it was. The training that I received at Voice of Faith was amazing because there are certain things we had to do when we were in MIT, and helping those who were grieving and bereavement was one of them. And I thought I was doing a really good job at ministering to the people, but it was not until this year that I realized that that what we do, we meaning the church and not every not everybody, but I know what for, for myself, I would tell those who are grieving and those who have lost a loved one and those whose loved one has passed on that I'm here for you, that whatever you need, I'm here. If you ever need me, just give me a call or we have, I got your back. You know, I got your back. Or um, if they asked me to sing at their loved one's home going, there was never a no. There was never a no, unless there was a conflict for some some reason I could not get out. But no matter who it was, no matter who they were, if they needed a, a psalmist for that day to sing a song for their loved one as they prepared to say goodbye to them finally, there was never a time that I would say no. And I would do all of those things and I would go to the cemetery help as I became ordained or I would help at the internment of the of the individual who had passed on. And I would come back to the church. We would, we would be with the family, pray over the, I mean, do all the things that a minister is supposed to do. And then as they leave, give them their hugs, give them, let them know we're here. We love you. We, we're here for you. We're walking beside you. And if you ever need anything, just, just reach out and call us. The truth of the matter is that once they hit the doors to exit the church, I expected them to call me if they needed something, because everybody grieves differently. I never, I, I should say never, but life and everything, and day daily life, I didn't check up on them. I didn't say to them, how are you doing? I didn't look, I didn't check on them. I didn't do the very thing that I said that I was do because I was going to I was instead of being proactive I was going I was being reactive let them call me when they're ready instead of calling them to just say hey how are you and it was not until last year that I realized that that's what I was doing that I I stopped after the repass I didn't reach out to the to those who were in grief and I didn't Sit long enough to understand or sympathize with what they were going through. And it wasn't until I had several sig- significant deaths starting in December of 2018 to September, November last year of 2019. It started with my mentor. Then in February of this year, of last year, rather, around my grandmother passed away, and although I was ill-prepared for both of I was prepared but not really prepared for them to go because they were a little bit older, and they had lived a long life, and I had my grandmother with me for 50 years, it, it still was a shock and a sting to me to be on the other side of the grieving journey, the bereavement journey. Now we were the ones at the funeral homes. We were the ones preparing to lay our grandmother to rest. We were the ones that now needed the comfort of those who were ministers and those who were who who we relied on for so many years. And it was an odd experience to now be on the receiving end of it and to know what others were feeling from a ministering point of view to look on, to be on the inside and not being on the outside this time. But said, so even after my grandmother passed, I was okay for, I was okay. It was, it was hard. It was very difficult, but I was able to move forward. Only because she lived a good life and she was she was ready to go. So I moved on and I kept moving. I kept pushing forward, even though I was my heart was hurting and I wanted to um, hug my grandmother, talk to my grandmother. It was okay because I had a good friend and I was able to to walk through everything that I was feeling with them, with that person I can call at any given time, any any time of the day, and I was all right until July 12th of 2019, when God called him home. For me, for the first time in my adult life, I didn't understand. Well, that's not true. For the first time in ministry, and the first time as an ordained minister, and the words weren't there, I realized then that I was failing as a minister because I was not addressing the grief of others. I stopped like so many of us do. We stopped after the repass. I didn't reach out. And when I got the phone call that my friend passed away, I was completely devastated. I didn't know how to function. That was a pain that I had not felt in, oh, ever. Um, This was somebody that I spoke to Multiple times a day. He was my best friend. I have no problem, no qualms saying that he was my best friend. We met in the military. We met 25 years ago, and there was never a day that we did not reach out and talk to each other. And when he passed, all of the year, the, my grandmother passing, my mentor passing, all of it came to a head, and I broke. And I couldn't function any longer. I could no longer live behind the shell of being a minister. I could no longer live behind the shell of being Pastor Butcher's daughter. I couldn't live behind the shell of being uh, Sister Katie's daughter. I couldn't live behind the shell of being the strong person because I no longer had that. I didn't know how to be that anymore because of the pain felt behind this death. I didn't understand it. And, and truth be told, I was very angry with God that He would take my friend, who I have, who I came to rely on for for so many years. Who, even when we lost touch, um, God made sure that I re- reconnected several years ago. And from that day to to the the day He passed away, we never stopped communicating again. And we made that promise that from that from that moment on, we would never stop communicating. And I was angry. With God, I was angry with my friend because I felt no one talked to me <laughs> about. I know it sounds crazy about him leaving, and it left a void and a hole that I didn't know what to deal with, and I didn't know, and it was and it was getting ready to be all consuming. But I knew that I couldn't stay there. I knew that that's not what my grandmother would have wanted. That's not what my mentor would have wanted. And that's definitely not what my, my friend would have wanted. But most importantly, that's not where God would have wanted me to be. And his death was beginning to turn me into someone who I did not want to be. I was very withdrawn. I found pleasure in nothing. The slightest thing would send me into tears. The slightest sound was sending me into tears. I I would think about something that was funny and I was like, oh, I need to call my friend. Oh, I need to call my, and then it was just, it was just at that moment, it was too much. And then I realized I had to go outside. I needed counseling, I had to go to grief counseling. But unfortunately, I didn't have anyone within the Christian church community that I could turn to at the time. But maybe that was on purpose. Maybe that was by God's design. I don't know. But what I do know is that it put me on a path that I didn't necessarily want to be on, but it's ones that God has placed me on because he knows me very well because he's created me and he knows that whatever I feel and however I move and get healing that I would want others not to... Be be stuck like I almost was, and I would do everything within my power to bring those people out. Um, I I told God, I said, "You didn't need this. You didn't need this. You didn't. I didn't need to experience all of that last year because it it was. I I I felt like Job um, when one thing was happening. It was like people were. I mean, there's there's people witnesses after witnesses coming with the bad news, and and you just wanted to rip your clothes and just like, what in the world? But as Job also said, though they slay me, yet will I trust you. It took me a long time. It took me a minute to come back and say, God, though they slay me, yet I will trust you. I will trust you in it all. And for me, how did I get through? How did I get past the death of my mentor, the death of my grandmother, the death of my best friend, all, in, all within a six-month span without going crazy and losing my mind? It helped that I had my grand- that, that I'm raising my granddaughter. And it helped that I had to prepare for my, and, and at the same time, preparing for my additional grandchildren that I had to get custody of. But what helped for me, and it may not be for everybody, but what helped for me, I began to write a letter. A minister friend of my cousin, when, I, when we were driving back from the funeral of my friend, said, she, I, we were texting back and forth. And she said, She said, you have to tell God what you're feeling. And I said, there's only one feeling that I, that I have right now and that's anger. Anger untreated turns into something much worse. And that's not where I wanted to be. So I had to get it out. So what worked for me was I began to write. I began to write to my friend. I began to write to my grandmother. I began to write to my mentor. And in the writing... I began to release. My continence started to get better. I smiled a little bit more. The pain was still there, but every day it got better. Every word, it got better. Every sentence, some pain was released until I was able to finally come out. So what happened was God then gave me this, this revelation that my friend told me he revealed, he said, you're going to be an author. I laughed at him. I didn't know then that his death, my grandmother's death, my mentor's death would propel me into becoming an author and have authorship. And this is how the book, my book, um, Soul Ties, Letters of Love, Finding Ways to Live Through Loss became a reality because I had to get out of the space that I was in and in doing so my prayer is that others will be able to move forward in their grieving process. So this is the beginning. This is our first of a couple of series episodes that will be dealing with grief. We'll have different people coming in. We'll have we'll be talking to some other folks about how they're grieving and in the grieving process and just getting through. And moving forward and living our best lives, the life that God has ordained for us, even in the midst of our grieving process. Believe me, I still think of my grandmother. I still think of my mentor. I still think of my best friend. I still think of my cousin, who all of who passed in 2019, and some others that I knew. But in the same process, I have to keep moving forward and understand that this was part of the journey that I had. I had to be on, that God had to place me on in order to help others move forward. So please join us as we walk together um, through this process of healing and losing and loss and seeing what God has to say about it and just knowing that in the end all of this will become as pure gold and that there is a reason and that there is light at the end of this tunnel and that you're not alone and we'll get there together. Like the song, the beginning of the podcast started, I am somebody. God took his time and now you see that somebody is me. It's a beautiful song. And and that's one of the things that God always wants us to know that we are wonderfully and fearfully made of Him and that He has not forgotten about us and He does love us. And I hope you turn, tune in and please follow me everywhere at Just Troya. If you need to contact me, my contact information is on the website. My website is Troya.com. I am on Twitter, Facebook pinterest all of those things the book is also available and feel free again feel free to hit me up on any all all the social media sites and we can reason together if you have any questions or if you have a need just to reach out and talk to somebody you're not alone we're here and we in the coming weeks again we'll start with we'll start having resources and and we'll talk more about that next week Thank you so much for joining in on this podcast. And before we go, I want to make sure that we pray out and just have a blessed day. Our Father, and our God, we thank you again for just a beautiful Thursday morning. God, we thank you for all those who are listening, that they didn't think it robbery to listen to this podcast. God, as we go forward, we just appreciate you. We love you. We just know that you are just doing a great work, not just in me, but in all of us. And God, we thank you for the journeys and the paths that you have ordained us to be on God and we just appreciate you we thank you for every church ministry that's listening everybody a person that's here God increase their walk in their lives God we just thank you we bless you we honor you all these things we say in your blessed son Jesus name and it is so amen God bless you have a wonderful Thursday morning we wait to hear from you from next week again feel free to share it out this is the, um, the warrior of the word and we will reason together again next Thursday be blessed and remember that that you are somebody. somebody Yes I am yeah.